If you have a desire to do some extraordinary things in the kingdom of God, you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life and through your life to do that. You can't make that up. You can't just do it on your own strength. You can't do it on your own power. That's why some of us are tired and frustrated. We've been working on our own strength and our own power and our own understanding and our own intelligence and we just say, this ain't working, eh? I've been doing all this work and I don't see any results. That's because you don't have the power. It was Jesus who told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and stay there until they receive power from on high. Jesus Christ knew that if we were going to accomplish the things that he wanted us to accomplish as believers, we're going to need the power from on high. This is Jerry G. Martin. Join us as we share these messages on the power of the Holy Ghost. They just got through singing, it's your church, build it up. I was looking at them as they were singing and I was just thinking, that's the same old song. And I was just looking at the congregation and I was wondering how many people out here saying, you know, I'm really tired of going to church sometimes. It's just another Sunday. Is just another service. You don't have to say that out loud. I already know. Because I get tired of going to church sometimes. So why are we doing this every week? They expect me to come. They expect me to show up. They expect me to serve. They expect me to give. They expect me to just be there. It's just church. I don't enjoy it like I used to enjoy it, if the truth be known. And if they wouldn't miss me and call me, I might not even show up. But maybe it's the church. I probably should find another church that's a little bit more engaging, a little bit more entertaining. Maybe I can enjoy it a little bit more, maybe. It's just church. I I thought we were doing pretty good with church until we we hit this pandemic and then it came clear to me that it's just church because the people just decided I'll stay home and I can enjoy it as much in my living room as I could going out there. Where has the church been? If there ever was a time when things in the world look dark and hopeless, it's now. We are experiencing viruses and variants Crime and violence are served up every day like lunch and dinner. Just looking at the news for five minutes this morning, and they just had a map of all the killings since the day after Thanksgiving in our city. Wow. Prices are rising up along with anxiety and hopelessness. We're looking for answers to the problems of poverty and social misbehavior but we can't find them. But it was Jesus who said of those who would believe on him that we are the light of the world. But it seems like the church has been woefully absent and ineffective in making a difference in the world today. We're not going to move this world toward God by our criticizing it. 
We're not going to move this world toward God by conforming to it. But we can, however, move by the power in our lives ignited by the Spirit of God. One of the things that has become apparent about the church today is that the church is operating without power. That's why it becomes boring. That's why we have to ignite and encourage the members to stand on your feet and give God some praise. And I used to criticize the members, but now I recognize that you can't criticize the flashlight when the battery is not working. So I can't talk to the flashlight and say, what's wrong with you? It has no power. You just saw an example by Matt, what happens when the church has power, because when the church has power, people pray and things happen. And when people see the power moving, they want that Jesus that ignites that power in their lives. So people can't see the power of God no more in our church. They don't even want God. They don't see the power because the people who are supposed to have the power don't have it. The early church had none of the things that we think are essential for our success today. They didn't have the buildings and the money. They didn't have the videos and the, the music. They didn't have the political influence. They didn't have the social status. And yet the church won multitudes to Christ and saw many churches established throughout the world. Why? Because the church had the power of the Holy Ghost to do the ministry work. They were people who were ignited by the Spirit of God. And that same Holy Ghost power is available to us today to make us more effective witnesses for Christ. I'm going to talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you find yourself powerless, you don't have to tell anybody, but you don't have the energy, you don't have the drive, you don't have the power, you just feel like you're going through the motions, just church is just church. I just come to get a little something to help me to try to make it. That's what we're doing today. Let me come in and plug in for a little while so I can just make it to the next time. That ain't power. That's mere existence. That's not what God had in plan. After Jesus rose from the dead before his ascension to heaven, he gave some vital instructions to his followers. Now look at Jesus. Jesus knew why he came. He knew when he came and he knew how long he was going to be here. He knew what he was going to do while he was here and he knew when he was going to leave and what was necessary after he left. Now just think about it. Here's Jesus. He's going around. He's laying hand on the sick and the sick are healed. He's raised the dead. He's had the, the 5,000 people he fed with the two-piece fish dinner. And the crowds were all around him. Can you see the crowds around him? Hey, honey, did you see what happened today? He fed everybody. Yeah, let's go see what he's going to do tomorrow. Let's go see what he's going to do. Hey, look at him. He spit in that man's eyes and that man's eyes came open. Yeah, let's go see what he's going to do tomorrow. Let's go see. And after they're seeing a whole lot year after year, after a while they say, okay, we saw that already. What else is he going to do? 
How many of you saw God do some things in your life, but you at the place where you said, I saw that already. Yeah, I went to church last Sunday. We had a good time, but we did that already. They saw what Jesus did. They're looking at him and Jesus said, you've been looking at me the whole time. You've been watching me the whole time operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. You've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me raise the dead. And now they see Jesus being, being drugged uh, by the, the Sanhedrin court up to be beaten and be killed. And all these people are scattered. I mean, where are all these folks that stood around for the fish and the loaves? Where are all these folks that were standing in line and, 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 and pushing each other when the woman with the issue of blood came through to get healed? They couldn't, there were so many folks around. Where are all the folks when, the, when they had to tear the roof off the house to get to me? Where are all these people at now? They're saying, well, Jesus, he, he ain't what he used to be. Look at him. They got him right now. They're going to put him on a cross. But after his resurrection, he came out and said, let me tell y'all something. The ones who are left, he says, I'm leaving. And y'all were watching me do all this stuff. I didn't come here just so I can do it all. I came here so you can do it all. I'm leaving. I'm out. But look in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which ye have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now the he in verse 1 is Jesus. The them are those who believed on him. How many of you believe on the Lord? Now they were already believers. They believed on him. But he gave them a command, not a suggestion. Go to Jerusalem and you wait. That's a command. That command was, and don't you leave. Now some people don't get what God has for them because they won't wait. He said, wait for the gift you heard me talk about, the one that my father promised. In John, he said them, when, in the book of John, if you read that, you'll see him mention the comforter coming, the Holy Spirit coming. He said, he's going to teach you. He's going to guide you. He's going to remind you. He's going to empower you and convict the world of sin. And he's going to draw men to me. He said that the Holy Ghost would not just be with them. He's going to be in them. He says, I got something coming. And I want you to know today that if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost in you, you got something coming. He said, John baptized with water, but if you're obedient, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. He didn't say you may be. He said you will be. And that's what we miss. Some of people are walking around, and why don't the Lord do this for me? God says, I will do it, not may do it. If you are not baptized with the Holy Ghost and power, it's not on him, that's on you. Somebody asked him right in the middle of his conversation, so when are you going to come back and set up your kingdom? And he said, wait a minute, I ain't talking about that. And there are people who are always still wanting the Lord to do something for them. When God wants to do something through them, we want God to do something for us. Lord, what about me? What about me? 
Even in our church today, you can even listen to how we're preaching. We've done a disservice to you by just telling you all the things God wants to do for you. God wants to bless you, and he does. God wants to heal you, and he does. God wants to enrich you, and he does. God wants to give you strength and peace and prosperity, and he does. But we never emphasize what God wants you to do. So we got people waiting around. What's next? What's next? What else he going to give me? What else he going to do for me? Why don't you do some serving? Well, I don't have time for that. That's not my gift. I don't feel led. I don't. So when it's time for the church to have the power to make a difference, we have no power because we've done nothing. So somebody said, so when are you coming back so you can take over so we can, we can take over with you? Jesus said, uh, they're still focusing on what he was going to do for them, but Jesus wanted them to pay attention on what God wanted to do through them. He said to them in verse 7, it's not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. He said, ain't none of your business. But, let me get you back to the main thing I just told you about. But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and you will be my witnesses in Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. Now in verse 4 they're told to wait and watch for the promised gift. Now in verse 8 we're told after waiting and watching they were going to be witnesses. You're going to wait, you're going to watch, and you're going to witness. Now, we wait and watch, but we do very little witnessing. Oh, uh, okay, y'all don't have to say amen. I'm going to preach this message today. Because this time is far spent for the church to be idly by while everything is going to hell in a handbasket, and he gave us everything we need to make a difference. And it's about time for somebody to rise up and say, God, fill me with your power. I'm ready for you to move through me and work through me. And I don't care if we got a handful, we can move the community. We've been praying, it's time to rebuild. We've been going back to the basics and we don't need to stay where we are. We need to move forward with the power of God operating in our lives. And all we need is a handful of people to get this thing going. How confident was Jesus' words to the people? He said, you will receive power. Anybody want any power? He said, you will receive power. I want you to remember that on the day of Pentecost. He said, you will receive power. And he was talking about each of them. Every one of you will receive power. Power. Don't look at somebody else and say, that must have been for them. I don't know why he's talking about me. I don't know why he's saying I'm going to receive power. He don't know my past. He don't know what I've been going through. He don't know who I am. He don't know that I don't have uh, no understanding. He don't know that uh, God had never used me before. And he said, I don't care about that. You do what I tell you, you will receive power. Secondly, he says, you will be my witness. 
He was talking about each of them. It didn't matter what their life was like before they met him or their social status or their spiritual maturity or their spiritual authority. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the prophet. You don't have to be the apostle. He said, you will. He was going to empower each of them. Acts 1 and 8 is a key verse. To begin with, it explains that the power of the church comes from the Holy Ghost and not from man. Zechariah said, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might nor by power, but by what? By my Spirit says the Lord. So some of you are going to have to be educated and engaged to understand what God wanted to do through you. I'll ask you to forgive us for not just letting you know. We just said, hey, you just, you just need the Holy Ghost. We didn't tell you why. You didn't, we didn't tell you how. Jesus' idea was that ordinary people were going to do extraordinary things because the Spirit of God was going to work in their lives. You don't have to think that you got to be super spiritual, supernatural anointing and all of that. Uh, I can't do that. I, I saw them over there. I, I, ooh, they're so anointed. I wish that was me. God said, it can be you. If you have a desire to do some extraordinary things in the kingdom of God, you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life and through your life to do that. You can't make that up. You can't just do it on your own strength. You can't do it on your own power. That's why some of us are tired and frustrated. We've been working on our own strength and our own power and our own understanding and our own intelligence. And we just say, this ain't working. Eh? I've been doing all this work and I don't see any results. That's because you don't have the power. See, the ministry of the Holy Ghost is not a luxury, it's a necessity. So Jesus set the table for them and said, I need you to go to Jerusalem and you stay there and you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. Look at verse 13 in Acts chapter 1. And when they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judah, son of James. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, a gathering of about 120 persons were there all together. 120 people in the upper room. And what were they doing? Were they sitting around and said, Jesus told us to come and wait. I don't know what he wanted to wait for, but I'm just going to wait and see what happened. No, they were praying. They were with one mind. They were devoted to praying. They were seeking the Lord. All with one mind. They had the same interest. What is he going to send us? Let's have an expectation for what Jesus said we ought to wait for. I'm not quite sure what it is. Jesus didn't say, this is how it's going to be. This is the day it's coming. And this is how it's going to come. He said, wait for the gift. Just go there and wait. They did not know what the experience would be like. But they waited. And look at what they did while they waited. They devoted themselves to prayer. So how long did they wait? When I'm looking at this passage, I'm thinking, so how long were they there waiting? 
Most of the commentators indicate that they may have been there up to 10 days waiting. How long would you have waited? Now, I've been here for all day long. I ain't seen nothing. I don't know what y'all going to do, but I'm going to the house. But what did he say he going to send anyway? Did anybody know what it is? When, when are we going to know when it gets here? All of that that people start talking about, but they, they waited. And then on chapter 2, verse 1, let's look at what that happened. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Jesus said, go there and you wait until I send that gift. They were all together in one place. I want you to put yourself in this place. Now, it's 120 people up in this room, and they've been there for days, not knowing exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to happen, what the experience was going to be like. All they said is Jesus told us to do that. He told us not to leave. Somebody was getting ready to leave, and somebody else said, he, he said, don't leave. Well, but I'm, I've been here a while. But he said, don't leave. Are you going to leave or are you going to stay? Well, I'm going to stay. They were all together in one place. Verse 2 says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, just think about it. You've been there for days and days and you've been praying and all of a sudden it seemed like a hurricane or a tornado is coming. You know, people that have heard tornadoes say it sounds like a train coming. A violent wind, that wind began to, to blow and they're saying, wait a minute, something's about to happen. I don't know what it is, but something is about to happen. They're not the only ones that heard that sound because other people were out there and they gathered around outside a big old crowd of people. And he said, suddenly a sound came and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. And all, this is verse four, you need to underline this in your Bible. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the King James says. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. How many of them were filled? All of them. Come on, say all of them. Every one of them. Come on, say every one of them. Now that's important because he left nobody out. If you were obedient enough to obey him and stay, you were filled. Didn't matter how old you were. If you were a young person, you were filled. If you were an old person, you were filled. If you was a man, you were filled. If you was a woman, you were filled. If you was intelligent, you were filled. If you were struggling in your education, you were filled. Everybody who was obedient was filled. He wanted them all to have power. The message of Jesus Christ has never changed. His purpose for those who would believe on him and follow him was for us to be engaged in the ministry of reaching others for the kingdom of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but shall have everlasting life. He wants to use us through the power of prayer and through the power of the Holy Ghost to be effective witnesses for his kingdom. 
This is Jerry G. Martin. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can hear it on our podcast on the Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. That's the Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And let me take this opportunity as well to invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World. We meet each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in North Houston, Atascacita, Fall Creek, Summer Creek, Kingwood, you're in our neighborhood. So come on out and be our guest. We trust that God will bless your time with us. I also want to let you know that we do have a bookstore on our campus. At the Beacon Bookstore, you can get Bibles, study materials, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. If we don't have it, we can order it for you. It's right here on our campus at the Light of the World. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. If you heard the Word of God and you would desire someone to stand with you in prayer, call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.